Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Second Timothy chapter 3, from verse 14. Are you guys with me? Can we do this together? Okay, verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. But as for you, say with me, as for me. Continue in what you have learned. Okay, did you learn something yesterday? Did you learn something when you began your walk with God? But continue in it. That's the key. A lot of us are still living on what you have learned three years ago. 1969. I had a great revelation and an encounter with Jesus. Continue in what you have learned. Continue. Continue in your faith. It says continue in what you have learned and you have firmly believed. Do you believe in Jesus? Continue believing. Continue believing. There's a blessing for you when you continue to believe in Jesus. Oh, I said the sinner's prayer. I confess that, you know, the Lord's prayer. Continue. Continue. Backsliding is not just falling in sin. Backsliding is that you are not continuing in the progression that God is leading you from one level of glory to another. If you're staying in that same level of glory, and if you're meant to proceed from that, that means you're backsliding. Continue in what you have learned so that God can take you from one degree of glory into another. Continue. We have to continue. So today I just, I just, I'm going to share something very basic which may seem very basic, but it's so powerful, it's such a powerful truth, is how, how to continue in the faith. How to continue in the faith. Paul says like this, fight the good fight of faith. And I have finished the race. He has finished the race, but we are still continuing the faith. It's important to know the tools that we have in order that we continue in our faith. We continue in what we have learned. Yes? All eyes at me, okay? And smile once in a while. Okay, next verse. Verse 15. This is Paul. He's talking to Timothy. He says, And, from, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul is talking to Timothy. You know, he's grooming Timothy to be the next pastor, to be the next leader, to be the shepherd whom God has entrusted him with, right? And Paul is telling him, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. What are the sacred writings? Sacred writings. And he says, from these sacred writings... This is able to make you wise. I want to talk to you about the importance of scriptures. 
we all know the importance of scriptures but today i'm just going to double it down for you so that you'll feel guilty <laughs> just kidding so that you understand the significance of it everybody wants to go to gym but hardly people actually go to gym it's wishful thinking i, I need to burn the, that fat but you are you're dreaming of going to gym while you're eating ice cream maybe tomorrow and just kidding but you understand there's an there's a significance of scriptures and i and i'm praying and i believe that the lord will give you a passion give you a passion to feed yourself on the scriptures okay so here paul tells timothy you have been acquainted with these scriptures which can make you wise for salvation say with me which can make me wise which can make me wise see we are saved by grace through faith there's no doubt about it then why do i need wisdom for salvation if you are saved by grace through faith in christ jesus why do i need wisdom for salvation how many of you have salvation today because of jesus how many how many of you helped jesus on the cross no one right he did it he died he raised up from the dead and because of that you have salvation it's completely by grace but do you know for you to partake from that gift of salvation you need wisdom see you can buy a good car and keep it in your garage but unless you don't know how to drive it it is still going to remain in your garage a lot of christians have salvation but it is still in the garage salvation the word sozo does not just mean forgiveness of sins salvation is holistic holistic growth holistic prosperity holistic blessing salvation is healthy body salvation is healthy mind salvation is a full heart salvation is also the ability to have good relationships to love people unconditionally it's all part and parcel of salvation salvation is not just forgiveness of sins so when jesus died for you and me he died so that you could have a healthy body you could have a healthy mind you could have good emotions and live good life second peter 1 verse 3 says for he has given huh he has given all things pertaining to life and godliness all things he wants you to live a good life of godliness a good life of godliness can you imagine that that's what god wants for you god wants you to have a good life not just after you die right here on the earth i came to give you life abundant life he did not say i came to give you a good afterlife 
He wants you to live a good life and he has given you salvation so that you can, you can have everything to experience that abundant life. You can have everything to experience salvation. And salvation is not just forgiveness of sin. Salvation is you know, deliverance from demons, deliverance from sickness, deliverance from anything that is holding you bondage. is to be absolutely free. What's the point of having forgiveness of sins and you're struggling with debt? You're bondage to money. What's the point of having forgiveness of sins but you're, you're sick, you're on the bed? Salvation is holistic. Jesus died perfectly and completely for you to have perfect salvation. And he has done it. When you said yes to Jesus, you have the entire package. But the question is, do you have the wisdom to, to take partake from that salvation? The entire package of Christ is given to you, but do you have the wisdom? And Paul is telling Timothy, learn from the scriptures that has the capacity to give you the wisdom for salvation you're already saved jesus already died for you you already received jesus you have the holy spirit you have everything inside of you but you don't have the wisdom that's why in philippians 2 he says work out your salvation because salvation is inside of you and his name is jesus work out your salvation When Paul is praying for the Ephesus, Ephesus church in, in the letter to Ephesians 1 verse 17, he says, I pray that you will have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's the Holy Spirit that increases the capacity to have wisdom, but it is through scriptures that we become wise. You need both. Without the capacity, this wisdom is not going to do anything. With the capacity, if you don't pour out that wisdom, you need both. That's why both the ministry of the word and the ministry of the spirit. If you are struggling to understand what this says, today it breaks in the name of Jesus. Because it is through the Holy Spirit that gives you an insight to what these scriptures says. This is not intellectual, it's spiritual. This is not intellectual, it is spiritual. You need the Holy Spirit. You know, because I'm born and brought up in a Christian family and my parents are missionaries, we were always acquainted with scriptures, always. In fact, my father used to give me at least 10 verses to memorize every week. Didn't get anything special. There was no treat. But we were just expected. So a lot of scripture portions, you know, we were acquainted with, we read, we memorized. And to be honest, at the moment, I did not understand what I was doing. I was a kid. I just did what I had to. Otherwise, my dad would, you know, spank me. So did what we had to. But now I know the importance of that. Because when I'm in the lowest moments, 
some random scriptures just pops in my head the holy spirit brings up and gives us such encouragement and hope scriptures are very powerful but i'm telling you my story that even though i knew so many scriptures i still could not understand a major portion of the bible as a 20 year old i used to read the bible ephesians romans timothy and i'm like what is paul writing doesn't make sense i understand the words but i just don't get it how many of you feel like that you read you read the bible yeah it makes sense when pastor sam is talking but it doesn't make sense when i am reading it how many of you feel like that you know why because you need the holy spirit to unveil because this is not just intellectual information it's spiritual wealth spiritual wealth requires spiritual capacity so it's scriptures that give you wisdom but it's the holy spirit that increases your capacity without the holy spirit you will just only understand words and phrases it won't make sense that's why i tell people you know if you if you come to church and if you don't understand anything just stay there because your spirit is receiving more than what your mind is receiving just stay there when the time comes the spirit will release in the right time will release that light of the word into your mind into your heart so come to church stay planted stay rooted and listen listen with diligence doesn't matter if you don't understand everything but whatever you do understand will bring in life light amen okay so come back to second timothy chapter 3 so paul says hey you have been acquainted with these scriptures which can make you wise for salvation which can make you wise for salvation i'm just reminded of this thing you know jesus told his disciples hey if you do what i tell you right your life will be like a house on the rock do you remember that you'll be like a wise man who's built his house on the rock now he gives an illustration there were two people who built their houses one person who built their house on the rock the other person who built their house on the sand with both of them storms came rain came wind came just because you're wise does not mean that it it, it helps you to escape from the storm and the wind and the rain the storm wind and the rain will come but the question is if you are wise you are rooted on the solid ground that does not shake that does not shake so in spite of the recession in spite of the pandemic in spite of what is coming you know against you or is around you maybe the next world war or whatever it doesn't matter because your solid foundation is christ and that gives you the wisdom to stay strong to stay rooted and you're not like the foolish one who built his house on the sand and when the storm came his house was just destroyed just like that so jesus says everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock you hear and you do it how do you hear by reading scriptures because as you're reading scriptures you are hearing what you're reading see these scriptures contain the word of god 
scriptures contain the word of God. So as you read these scriptures, these scriptures will unlock within itself the word of God, which you require for a life of godliness. So you have to read your scriptures. You have to read your scriptures. Amen. A lot of you have been piggy banking, piggy bagging, piggy bag, you know, you know what piggy bag is? You've been piggy bagging on me reading the scriptures for you. Isn't it true? You come on the morning service, you heard a verse, you are happy. Come on Wednesday, you hear another word, you're happy. You're piggy bagging. Read the scriptures for yourself. Do you know who piggy bags? Babies need need to be breastfed. Why? Because they don't have the capacity. But you're not babies. I'm teaching you so that you can develop a system. You can develop a system of your own where you can read the scriptures and be encouraged. You have to develop a system. Most of you are still acting like babies and you're waiting for the pastor to throw a verse at you and you'll be fine. Why are you upset? I don't know. I'm just waiting for the pastor. Don't be like babies. You know, David, there's a story. David and his mighty men, they come back after, after some time. They come back to the place where they were camping and they see that the enemy has stolen their kids, has stolen their wives, have taken their entire property. And David and these mighty men, you know, they start crying. They're so broken. But I love this verse which says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. You have to find a system where you strengthen yourself in the Lord. If you don't find a system, if you don't develop a system internally where you strengthen yourself in the Lord, you'll always be waiting for somebody to come and say good words. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the church will not help you. I'm not saying the pastor will not come and encourage you. But what I'm trying to say is don't, you know, don't keep acting like a baby. You're not a baby. How, how do you define maturity? Maturity is when you have the ability to strengthen yourself. You're not waiting for an external source of encouragement. You have learned to strengthen yourself in the Lord. A baby breastfeeds, but then as the baby grows, the mode of feeding changes. Then when you when you are when you're a teenager, like Jeremy is, you don't expect him to do certain things as he would do ten years ago. You'll be like, Jeremy. Come to the table, eat, and then after you're done, keep the dishes back. What are you expecting? You're expecting maturity from them. But then there comes a time when Jeremy is so old that he comes to Pastor Sam and says, Pastor, I want to get married. And the first thing the pastor says, do you know how to eat You by yourself? 
Because if you don't know how to eat by yourself, how can you feed somebody else? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And think of it spiritually. Maturity is, spiritual maturity is when you can find a system, develop a system by yourself where you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. If you don't do anything, don't be surprised. I don't know why I'm feeling so negative. I'm, ne- I'm having negative thoughts. I'm feeling so discouraged. I'm feeling so disappointed. I don't know why. Do you know, you don't have to do anything in the ground to see weeds. You leave the, we- you leave the ground empty just like that, you will see weeds growing. Isn't it true? So don't, don't be surprised when you have done nothing and you'll be like, I don't know, I'm feeling so negative. Yeah, sure. So what do you do when you see a ground full of weeds? You pluck it out and then when, once you sow a good seed, if you sow apple, what do you see? Apple. You sow mango, what do you see? Mango. So you sow intentionally, you sow good seeds. Similarly, your heart is like a ground. You intentionally sow good seeds. You sow good seeds. There are so many seeds that can be sowed. But you're still waiting for your pastor to come and give you, baby, open your mouth. You're not babies. Grow up. Develop a system. What do you do when you're hungry? Do you complain? I'm hungry. I don't know, Pastor, I'm hungry. For one week, I haven't eaten. What do you do? You eat. What do you do when you feel negative? What do you do? Feed. This is right there with you. What are you expecting? Jesus told his disciples, I'll send you a Holy Spirit, a comforter, that will teach you all things and bring in remembrance all the things that I've taught you. The Holy Spirit will bring in remembrance of what Jesus has taught you. For the Holy Spirit to bring something in remembrance, you should learn something. No. If there's nothing in the bank, from where will the Holy Spirit bring into remembrance? Be diligent about learning, guys. That's what I'm saying. Be diligent about learning. Your life is your responsibility. Nobody else can take responsibility of your life. There's a certain time to which your parents take responsibility. Then there's a certain level to which your pastors can take responsibility. But at the end of the day, your life is your responsibility. Say with me, my heart, my responsibility. Come on, you you need more faith to say that. My heart, my responsibility. You can't blame anybody. You can't blame the neighbor. You can't blame the income tax official. You understand what I'm saying? You can't blame anybody. So learn, develop a system. Develop a system where you find encouragement from the word. Start somewhere. Develop a system. That's what maturity is. Amen? Okay, come back. Verse 16. All scripture is is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 
Say with me, all. Not some. All. All scripture is breathed out by God, which means all scripture is divinely inspired. The breath of God are in these scriptures. The breath of God. So as you sit and you sit with these scriptures, you meditate on these scriptures, the Spirit of God starts speaking to you. The scriptures unlock the Word of God. If you just keep the Bible and you put it under your pillow and you believe that you will not have nightmares, I'm telling you, you'll have the biggest nightmare. You have to start reading the scriptures for it to unlock God's Word. All scripture is divinely inspired. All scripture. You know, these days we have people who are hurt by church, just like us. We used to be hurt by church, so we wouldn't go to church. So then we started our own church. <laughs> and, then, and then God had to correct us. Uh, now what has happened in the church and I'm talking about the body of Christ, is some people don't take this as authority. And the argument is, why should I take this as authority when Moses, David, Joshua, they did not have this. Adam did not have this. I'm telling you, look at their life. They died and gone. Why? Because they did not have anything to stand upon. You have much better I, if, if God would ever ask me for an advice, I would give him one. Which is, God, when you were telling Adam, if probably you had written it down for him, he could have always gone back and told Eve, see, Eve, this is what God told us. See, what I'm trying to say is, these scriptures are your property papers. Your inheritance papers that gives you the evidence that all that what God has told you personally belongs to you. See, God is personally speaking to you. Right? He is speaking to you personally. But you need scriptures as an evidence to verify that what you are hearing is from God. See, Jesus, when he is in the river Jordan, when he gets baptized, he hears it loud and clear from God. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately after Jordan, he is led by the spirit into the wilderness and he's tempted for 40 days by the devil. Right? As his temptation is ending, the devil gives him three major temptations. And each of his temptations begins with, if you are the son of God. God just spoke. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the devil comes to him and says, if you are the son of God, are you truly the son of God? He's making him doubt. Interestingly, Jesus would have said, devil, can't, are you deaf? Can't you hear? Didn't you hear what God said? Jesus could have said that. But what, how does Jesus respond to every temptation? 
to every temptation. You know how Jesus responds? It is written. Because what is written cannot be confused. What is written can never be doubted. It is written. My experiences of what I hear God can be different. My experiences of what I just heard can lead me astray. But if it is founded, if it is founded on the scriptures, it is written, then you can stand firm and be confident that what you heard was right. Paul tells this church in Thessalonica, he says, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test what is good. How do you test that a prophecy is good or bad? How do you just take the good parts of the prophecy? You have to be established in the scriptures. Every prophecy of God, every word that proceeds from the man of God as prophecy needs to be founded on the word of God. If it does not align with the word of God, then you have the authority to reject it. A lot of people in the body of Christ are discouraged because that prophet said this, this did not happen. I'm still waiting for, for the, you know, I've been still waiting for 15 years. Did you verify? Was it established on the word? Was it established in the scriptures? If it is written, if it is written, that's your proof. See, when, when you buy a property, you don't carry your property papers all the time, right? When do you need that, those papers? Is specifically when someone comes in terms of a controversy or a conflict. When someone is challenging you, that's when you show it is written. See, that's my name. Do you know that your name is written? It is written. It is written. Do you know what is written concerning you? And you wonder why your life is in chaos because you don't know what is written concerning you. So you need wisdom. You need wisdom that comes from scriptures that gives you the assurance of what is written about you. So what does he say? Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is divinely inspired is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. How many of you know that we are righteous not because of what we have done, we are righteous because of what Jesus did, right? He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. You and me are the righteousness of God. What is the righteousness of God? That you and me have the divine nature of God. But here Paul says, you need scriptures so that you can be trained in this righteousness. Why do you need training in the righteousness? See, someone who is born in the royal family is already a prince, but he needs to be trained to walk in the ways of the king. You have to be trained. Are you righteous? Does God see you righteous? But your behavior does not align with it. Why? Because you need to be trained in righteousness. Your life does not align with that truth. Why? Because you need to be trained in righteousness. 
scriptures trains you in righteousness. Every detail of your life. As much as scriptures reveal about your identity, it also tells you how you should behave in your identity. Should I give you an illustration? It's like, if a lion, if a lion's cub has been stolen when it was small and the dogs took him, took the cub and the lion's cub is growing up in the community of dogs, how would the cub behave? The cub will be like, I don't know why, I can't do what these guys are doing. I can't, I can't sound like them. Because he's in the wrong place. So when he's brought back, he has to be taught. Beta, stop, stop wagging your tail. That's not what you do. He has to be taught. We have to be taught. We have to be trained in righteousness. Not because we are not righteous, but because we are righteous, we need to be trained in righteousness. Amen? Are you guys good? Okay. Let's go to the next verse. 2 Timothy 3, verse 17. That the man of God, or the woman of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Three things I taught you. Scriptures give you wisdom. Scriptures train you in righteousness. Scriptures complete you and equip you. Completion, perfection. See, church is not just a place for fellowship. Do you know why most churches split, they break? Because there's passion in the beginning. And then they begin to have friends. And then they see how these friends are imperfect. And then they hate each other. All happening in the church. A perfect church is a church of imperfect people where God unites them. That's why I'm telling you, guys, if you're coming to church and if you're coming because, oh, I love the fellowship, I love these friendship, I love these group of people, if that's why you're coming to church, it will not be sustained. Somebody over here will disappoint you. I guarantee you. That person could be me. But church is a place where you are equipped so that you can be complete and you do what God has called you for in the places where you are stationed. That's why church more than the fellowship, fellowship is good and fellowship should be there. Fellowship is secondary. More than the fellowship, the word should be given importance. Because church is an equipping center. It's a training center. Training center where you learn God's word. You have the wisdom, you're trained in righteousness and then you go and you be who you are where God called you to be. Church is where you become excellent in your workplaces. 
church is where you learn integrity and you don't do jugaad in your offices but you are people of integrity so whatever you learn on a sunday you should learn it in a way where you can apply it in your homes with your families with your in your workplaces in the career wherever god has stationed you as long as you keep that as a focus i am here in this church i am here in this church so that i can learn god's word if you can keep that in focus no matter what disappointment comes no matter who hurts you it will get healed because you will not say no to the healing process it's a journey it's a journey of faith do you think paul did not have issues paul and barnabas had issues paul and peter had issues but they stayed focused why for the word look at the bigger picture you're not here because this friendship is good and we love eating food and then we love playing football and life social life is amazing over here you're not here for the social life you're here for god's word fellowship is just the dessert but you can't just live on dessert you need substance substance is god's word scriptures make you wise scriptures train you in righteousness scriptures make you complete and equipped for god's work amen so how do you submit to god what is the evidence that you have to show that you are submitted to god you submit to the church you submit to the authority that god has placed over you everything that you do in the spiritual has a physical significance isn't that true how do you what's the evidence for example what's the evidence that you have that you believe in the death of jesus and the resurrection of jesus what's the evidence that you have that you take baptism that you partake from the communion everything in the spiritual has a physical significance everything how do you submit to god's word that you have heard how do you submit to god's word by showing that you submit to the scriptures everything in the spiritual has a physical significance if you don't do these things in the physical that means you're fooling yourself you're deceived and you're fooling yourself oh i love the i love the body of christ but i don't like the local body what are you talking about i love to hear god's word you know god yeah you know uh, the holy spirit speaks to me he gives me visions but i don't like reading the bible do you see the deception if you're submitted to god you'll be submitted to the authority that represents god if you're submitted to the word of god you'll be submitted to the scriptures that represents the word of god be submitted be planted be planted 
be planted. Amen. I will end this, okay? But before I end, I want to show you something. How should you read scriptures? I told you the story that even though I was well-versed with scriptures, I could not understand scriptures. You know, there was a time when I went to dad and I said, at that time I was eight years old and I said, I was trying to finish the Bible. Have you, have you been in such marathons? You're trying to finish the Bible? Yeah, I've, I've done that, been there. And I was trying to finish Romans and I went to dad and I said, eight years old, dad, I can't make sense of this. And dad just looked at me and he laughed. So then I thought, maybe this is not something that I can make sense of. And it continued. When I was 20 years old, even then when I was reading the book of Romans, it just didn't make sense. But today I'm going to give you a key that opens this. If you receive it, every scripture will open for you. It's a key. Do you want it? Okay. So here's a story. The story is Luke 24. Jesus has died and he has resurrected. But he did not reveal to most of the disciples, only to some ladies. So there were two disciples and they were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They were earlier in Jerusalem and all of this thing happened with Jesus. And they are so discouraged, so disappointed because they thought Jesus was the man. Right? He was going to do the great wonders that they thought of. They thought that he, they would get delivered from the Roman rule. There are whole mountain of hope crumbles down when they see Jesus on the cross. Now they're disappointed. They move from Jerusalem. They move from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And they too, they both are just talking and they're depressed. You know how depressed people talk, right? There's a, there's a vibe to it. There's a different color to it. From distance, you'll know, yeah, these guys, there's something wrong. Especially when people are mourning. The story goes like, when those two guys are walking, Jesus joins them. He joins them and he asks them, hey, where are you guys going? Oh, you're going to Emmaus? Yeah, I'm on the same journey. Let's walk together. And then Jesus says, what are you guys talking about? These two disciples have been with Jesus for three and a half years. But the Bible specifically says that they could not recognize Jesus. In fact, Jesus purposely did not reveal himself. You have to understand this. He purposely did not reveal himself in person. And they are walking. And Jesus says, what are you guys talking about? And they say, are you the only one who comes from Jerusalem who does not know what was happening? Didn't you read the newspaper? What kind of a question is that? Don't you know what just happened? And they begin to share their experience. They begin to share their disappointment. They begin to share about Jesus. And Jesus rebukes them. He says, oh, you foolish, slow to understand. And Jesus takes them from the scriptures because these guys were Jewish, so they knew their scriptures from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, from their scriptures till the book of Malachi. He reveals about himself. Every scripture portion he takes through, he reveals about himself. He says, hey, do you remember Genesis chapter 3? Do you remember that story? 
when God told Eve that your seed will crush the serpent's head, that was about Jesus. Do you know that story? When Abraham walks with Isaac, he's on that mountain, he's going to sacrifice. That story is a shadow of what happened on the cross. Do you know what happened with Joseph when he gets betrayed by his own brothers? Right? And then he reveals himself to his own brothers in Egypt. That was talking about Jesus. Every story, he goes, he goes, he goes, and he's revealing about himself. And then these disciples, you know, they, they, they get so encouraged listening to this. So they say, hey, why don't you come and have dinner with us? And as they go to break the bread and as they're going to have dinner, that's when they recognize Jesus. If you want to see Jesus in person, you have to see Jesus from the Bible. I'm telling you, this is the key. You, you want to unlock every scripture? You have to see the scripture, that the scripture is about Jesus. Jesus is the key to unlocking every scripture. If you can, if you can focus your mind and you tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm here because I want to know more about you. Reveal Jesus to me. Every scripture will open itself. Every scripture. That's my story. The day I started looking for Jesus, doesn't matter if I'm in the Old Testament or the New Testament. The scriptures talks to me. Scripture talks to me like a person. Especially in the moment of my needs, scripture talks to me specifically tells me what I should do. You can hear God's word through this. Scriptures can unlock the word of God. The key is find Jesus. That's why don't treat it as an ordinary book. It's not an ordinary book. For 2,000 years, people are banging their heads on this and still haven't Unearth so many treasures, so many treasures for you, so many treasures. The hand of the diligent will always rule. Are you diligent? It is the glory of God to conceal matters. It is the glory of kings to search them out. Are you a king? Are you diligent enough to search out? This has so many treasures, so many treasures that none of these, you know, shortcut books about becoming a millionaire will give you so many treasures. Treasures that are worth more precious than silver or gold. Find Jesus. That's how you should read scriptures. Read scriptures to know Jesus. Because the truth is when you find Jesus, you find yourself. Jesus is the true mirror of who you are. You don't know who you are. You are like that cub that was stolen. And you are trying to behave like a dog because that's what has been taught to you. But you don't know. And now people have brought you back and they're telling you, you're a lion. You, you can roar and you can do all of these crazy things and you have the courage. But you don't know why because you need a mirror to show who you are. Jesus is the mirror of who you are. Jesus is the mirror. 
Jesus is the mirror. I just want to end with this. This week, <laughs> this week, I think a lot of you found it difficult. A lot of you thought and went through a different kind of low. And I know a lot of you were disappointed. And I know that the devil spoke to you a lot of these negative things, discouragement, despair. And one verse that was holding me together was Ephesians chapter, not Ephesians, Psalms 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When your enemies come to attack you, come against you, the shepherd tells you, hey, 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 don't get distracted. Look at the table that I have prepared for you. Eat. Eat. You don't have to see how big these enemies are. Just eat. I've given you food to eat. Eat. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Whenever you are upset, God is speaking to you. He's speaking to you through the scriptures. He's speaking to you and he's saying, don't get distracted. Don't get disappointed. It's okay. Eat. Focus on what you can eat. Focus on what you can feed. I am, I am in for Bible studies. But if your Bible study is not helping you to feed on the word of God, God tells Ezekiel in chapter 3, he says, you know, this is a scroll that I give you. I feed you. And he gives the scroll as if it was bread. And then once he eats it, he says, oh, it tastes like honey. Word of God can taste like honey. Don't just feed this word of God in your intellectual mind. Let it feed you. Feed you. Feed you where you experience the power of God. Where you experience Jesus himself. Every time you partake from that bread during communion, you're partaking from the body of Jesus. Every time you partake from these scriptures, you're partaking from God's word. From God's word. Develop a system where your life is rooted on scriptures because every scripture reveals Jesus. Amen. If you can, just stand up with me. If your desire today is, Lord, I want to see you. Jesus, I want to see you. Jesus, I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you through scriptures. I want to see you in my personal life. I want to see you in the work that I do. I want to see you in everything that I have. I want to see you. Jesus, I want to see you. Come on, will you open your mouth and say, Jesus, I want to see you. I want to see you. Open my eyes. Open my spiritual eyes so that I will see you. I will see you. I will see you in the church. I will see you in the men and women of God. I will see you in scriptures. I will see you. Come on. Yes, I want to see you. I want to see you. Open my eyes. Open my understanding. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I want to see you. I want to see you. Lord, I speak a deep hunger for your word. 
deep hunger for your word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Deep hunger for your word. Deep hunger. Deep hunger. Increase our capacity today. Increase our capacity today. I cancel every spirit of distraction that distracts you when you're reading the scriptures. I cancel every spirit of slothfulness that gives you sleep when you study the scriptures. Deep hunger for God. Deep hunger for His word. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to take a moment to respond to the word that you have received. I'm sure that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you what you need in this for this season that you are in. So just respond to the word. Because the word is the person of Jesus. Respond to him as you would speak to your friend. So open your mouth and just respond to him. Respond to him. Reiterate what you have learned today. And just be grateful. Come on, respond to him. Respond to him. Respond to him. Open your mouth. In your own words. In your own understanding. Whatever you have learned. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you. We thank you. What a privilege that we have. That we have your word and your spirit to confirm the things of God. Oh, we have your word and your spirit to confirm the things of God. Thank you for you have great plans for our lives. Oh, you have great plans for our lives. Oh, my life is not limited by what I see. But my life is bigger than what I can see. Oh, because your plans for my life is good. Your plans for my life is not meant for harm, but is, for men, is, is meant for me to prosper. Yes, Lord, for you have great plans for me. And we say yes to your plans. We say yes to the ministry of the word. We say yes to the ministry of your spirit. We say yes, 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 yes to whatever you have in store for us. Because your plans are greater than my plans. Your plans are bigger than my plans. Your plans are better than my plans. So I say yes to you. Yes to you. Yes to you. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is leading us. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. If there's anybody over here today who's feeling sick in their body or is not at peace right now, I want to speak the peace of Jesus, the peace that restores. God's peace not only calms, God's peace not only calms, but God's peace brings restoration. God's peace is aggressive. God's peace will fight every enemy that you have. Whether it is in your mind, whether it is in your heart, whether it is in your body, God's peace will fight for you. So if you are somebody who needs the peace of Jesus, I, I, want, I want to take a moment.
and just declare God's peace over your life. Just receive it. Father, we thank you for peace is our inheritance. Peace is one third of the kingdom. And because we are in the kingdom, we can declare this inheritance over our life. Your word says, peace, I leave with you. Peace. We have the peace of Jesus, not the peace of the world. We have the peace of Jesus that transcends all understanding. So I pray in the name of Jesus that the peace of God will guard our hearts and guard our minds. Oh, that the enemy will not will not steal away the joy that we have in you. Let the peace of God guard the inheritance that we have in Christ. I speak complete restoration in the name of Jesus. Complete restoration of the body, restoration of the mind, restoration of the heart, restoration of the soul, restoration of the family in the name of Jesus. Every chaos be driven by the peace of God. Every conflict be driven by the peace of God. Let the peace of God bring complete complete, complete deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, we believe for your peace. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We give you all glory and honor. We thank you, Lord. We absolutely honor you. We honor what you're doing in our lives. We honor what you're doing in the church. We honor what you're doing in our family. We will declare this with everybody that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. We surrender. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.